Halloween Unleashed. I am your host, Chris Morgan, and I don't understand what it is about the sequel mask that uh, Aaron Bass is not able to join me, but uh, we'll start looking into that. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Aaron has got a lot going on these last few weeks uh, with things that he's working on to better his financial situation in these uh, unprecedented times. So, uh, I was trying to hold out and wait for him as long as I possibly could to get uh, this episode of The Seven in the can, but, uh, you know, the show must go on. Uh, We are recording this on July 22nd, and um, we are scheduled to put out an episode on July 24th, so running a little low on time, and much like with the H8 episode or the Mo Fugga episode... Um, I was able to string together a episode that, uh, you know, the fans spoke, the audience spoke, um, and said that they really enjoyed it and uh, was very informational. So I'm going to try to do the same thing with the seven episode today. Uh, I want to thank all of those that, uh, did submit questions, those that sent them in privately, which we'll cover. I want to thank those that, um, that uh, that 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 helped out Halloween Unleashed by putting it questions out to uh, their followers on Instagram and on Facebook, trying to get uh, some more questions for all of us that everybody wants to know. The reason why we put out questions, it's not that we can't go on and on and on um, forever. It's um, we want to be able to cover the things that you guys want to know so that and this has happened multiple times where we've done an episode. And as soon as the episode posts, one of the people that have been following along on the question threads, and I know this because they would like the question threads, is they would send me a PM and say, man, I really wish you would have covered this. And I'm going, well, we asked for questions for two weeks. So um, a lot of times, you know, we get caught up in the stories that, you know, that there's some things that unfortunately end up getting missed and we never want that to be a situation with our show is where we're doing a a dedicated episode on a subject matter that you, the audience voted on and we want to be able to uh, give that subject matter. It's just due and give you the audience member who make Halloween unleashed what it is. We want to be able to give you guys the content that you've been asking for. So, um, I will say flat out and straight up that, um, between the Mo Fugga episode and the JTK episode, just phenomenal, phenomenal numbers. Um, you know, the, the, um, the Mo Fugga episode, 1116 downloads in, in two weeks. I think that's tremendous. And the JTK um, is over a thousand in just less than a week. So numbers are holding strong on Halloween Unleashed. Um, 
Still, the majority is Apple Podcasts, so we appreciate for those of you that have liked and subscribed. Please rate us as well. Um, that helps us in the search engines, and it helps us um, continue to climb up the ranks in the Apple uh, realm of podcasting. So uh, we definitely appreciate it. We don't ask for much out of this, you know, whether you guys buy unleashed uh, merchandise to help keep the lights on whether you subscribe and donate on a monthly basis to the podcast which there's several of you like Matt Gross and Lawrence May and several others um, but you guys are helping keep the lights on by doing that and keeping new content we definitely appreciate um, all the support but uh, if you rate and subscribe um, to our podcast it's free and cost you absolutely nothing. Um, I want to go ahead and throw this out too before we get into today's topic. This will be uh, two things actually. This will be the last episode of the month of July. We're going to start working on getting content going for for uh, for August. So there will be a couple throwback Thursdays, way back Wednesdays, whatever it's going to be, whenever I get the episodes done. Um, that's going to be rounding out the month of July, and then we're going to be into August for our new set of categories on on topics. So um, that's coming in August, and that's the rest of July. The other thing, I, I know there's some of you that really enjoy um, our, our ad reads and things that we do. Um, but for the remainder of this season, it is going to be ad-free. So we... Like I said, we're recording this July 22nd. Our season finale is right around Halloween or the day or two after whenever um, we look at the schedule and see how everything's going to fall out. But it's going to be right around Halloween to end season two um, so that we can prepare content and get things ready and reset and recharge for season three coming in January of 2021. So... Um, yeah, the rest of the season, ad-free, thanks to those of you who bought a shirt, bought a poster, bought a sticker, bought a, um, a, a COVID face mask, whatever it is that you did. If you have a monthly subscription to help keep the lights on, whatever you've done to help out Halloween Unleashed, just know that for the remainder of the season, going to be ad-free. So uh, congrats to all of you. And um, yeah, let's get into today's topic. What do you think you're doing? That's it. That's enough. I can't take it, Mom. He's dead. Michael Myers is dead. The Seven Mask, uh, better known as the H2O Seven Mask, uh, was originally produced by H3O Productions. Now, H3O Productions was founded, run, and operated by Gary Monger. Uh, M-O-N-G-A-R. Um, he did several, several masks uh, throughout time. I've mentioned him on this podcast before. He was a huge help to me getting started um, with just uh, what airbrushes and what supplies to buy because funny story about Gary and I is um, we knew each other before I ever knew him as H3O Productions when he used to make uh, short fan films, uh, much like I did back in the early 2000s, and I was Morgan Films and he was Mongar Films. So in the, in the search rankings, I don't think Google was really a thing back then, but however uh, Meta was uh, 
tracked and, and, and distributed and how you climbed search rankings. Funny thing is, is I got an email from him one day and said, Hey, I think you and I keep treading on each other's, um, search results. And we kind of laughed about it. We went back and forth. We shared stories, um, on our movies. I was running a, um, a message board at the time. That was the thing on morganfilms.net. Um, and, uh, just thinking about that, about the things, I mean, I created Morgan films entertainment, you know, so I could get paid as an independent contractor, which I've covered the story about my film career and working in the entertainment industry on bad boys Two, the Punisher and all those things. So I created a, an, an LLC, um, for just for the purpose of being paid as an independent contractor. So, um, morganfilms.net was born. My demo reel was on there, my resume. So I was kind of like a work for hire type type thing. And then on the other side of it, we had a private message board for, uh, the, uh, Halloween fans that liked our, our Halloween fan films that we did. We did the boogeyman shadow, which, uh, yeah, looking back, that name is really, really hilarious, but it started out. I was in, I was in film school and late 98 and uh our assignment was to take a popular genre and a popular franchise and create our own sequel to it uh but putting a fresh new spin on it so my story was about a film student what a stretch. And the reason I chose a film student, not because I had these thoughts and feelings inside, which because I had access to the, the film college campus, I could use the classrooms, I could use all the props and I could use all this stuff. So I created a film student who had watched one too many, uh, films, uh, scary films. And, he was being bullied. He was a, a traditional bullied uh, teenager throughout the course of his uh, youth and 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 throughout high school. And then when he got into college, someone was teasing him, and he kind of took it a little bit too far and snapped. And um, he put on the infamous Michael Myers mask, and uh, he was the shadow of the boogeyman. You know, he was in he was in Michael Myers' shadow, and it was kind of like that was the that was the play on the title still kind of silly, you know, looking back at it now, but then he went out on Halloween night. He, 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 uh, he basically, uh, not, well, not basically he patterned his kills and his, um, attacks off of the Halloween franchise and wanted to mimic and copycat Michael Myers and play everything out in real life. So, um, it was an interesting story. And then, um, we did two follow-up movies to that, the boogeyman shadow two. Um, and then we did the boogeyman and, and then we just did boogeyman three. Uh, that was the title of that one. And, um, part two takes more of a scream, um, approach to it where there's two killers and there's, you know, we use the telephone like in the scream franchise. So every sequel throughout, um, 
kind of plays on different horror franchises, and that was kind of the idea. I think the story would still work today. I have it copyrighted, um, uh, but yeah, I recently re-upped the copyright on it, and it is um, it is absolutely ready to go. And I just need to um, basically sit back down and just kind of plan everything out and, and, and set the wheels in motion for that. But yeah, um, I thought about a, a new title, you know, calling it Shadow of the Boogeyman or just the Boogeyman, um, just calling it that. But uh, I still want to have some loose ties to the originals and uh but anyway i'm getting off on a tangent but that's why we created the message board because we were having a lot of a lot of uh halloween fans and this is before the days of youtube for those of you that don't know life uh, uh, without youtube this is before the days of youtube so the ways to get copies of these movies were dvd and vhs and we had them and uh People were contacting us wanting to get copies of it, so we we would put together our own our own little special feature featurettes and making of and blooper reels and everything else, just so that you know uh, as a as a purchaser you got something that was unique and fun. Um, you know, I'll be honest; it was early in my career, and much like you know with any artistic endeavor, you don't start out you know, already on the, on the trajectory of being good or even considered like you're honing in your craft. Back then we were shooting on VHSC camcorders. Oh my gosh. And you get into like the lower light, it turns into snow basically because the image quality is so bad. Uh, very standard definition. We were using microphones that were on the camcorders back then. Just overall production quality, not very good, which is why I, I do want to do a proper remake of it someday with a budget behind it, because I think that the story, like I said, still works. And um, I really like the idea of paying homages to the different horror franchises out there uh, through the acts of a story. You know, and I just like that. So, um, if any of you are listening, the the thousands of you listening that want to try and steal that idea, good luck because uh, I do have it copyrighted, and um, anything loosely based on it, someone tried to take it from me one at one point, thinking that they could get away with it, and I did take them to court. So just just think about that. Anyway. Um, so that's how Gary and I met is we met through our, through our film companies. And, um, I've stated before early in the podcasting deal I was doing HMMAT that I took off from the Myers hobby from late 2003, 2004 until about 2008. So I was away for about four years I didn't go on the the site that shall not be named. I didn't scour the internet for masks. And people forget, I, I haven't always been a mask maker. I didn't become a mask maker until 2008 uh, through chance, through when I did Halloween H30 uh, or H3O, whatever you want to call it. Um, that was just an accidental thing that I just kind of walked into and it happened. So... Um, be prior to 2008, all I was was a collector, 
and I didn't collect anything from, like I said, 2003, 2004 to about mid 2008 when I did Halloween H30 and then subsequently became um, a mass maker shortly thereafter. But for four years, I was out of the game. So, um, you know, when I came back onto the scene, Gary Monger was just putting out the, the H3O Productions 7 mask. And people were going crazy. And I remember seeing it, knowing who this guy was uh, from our interactions and, 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 and talking years prior. I knew who he was. I'm like, wow, this guy was a filmmaker that turned into a mask maker. That looks pretty interesting. And his work is good. You know, the airbrush work was really, really great. And the seven mask was a hit amongst collectors and, 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 uh, and enthusiasts all over. And, um, he, then he ended up because he got popular, the narrative started to be slanted and, uh, the lynch mob was sent out after him. And, um, he went off and created his own website slash message board called the H3O productions message board. Um, I followed him over there and, um, he eventually made me a mod on his, uh, on his, uh, message board. We, we became really, really close at the time. Um, due to the seven mass due to the uh, resurrected mass that he did. And then he did the thorned mask and then the thorned Ali, which is why, you know, you've heard me speak. If you listen to all of our episodes back on the Halloween six mask episode, where I said that he recasted a CGP V two, which is now known as the reigning red that I renamed from CGP V two to the reigning red. And I knew about that. And I didn't, I didn't know where his seven and his eight came from, but he told me at one point, cause we used to talk on the phone that he had a friend that, um, had a casting of the H2O that he was able to cast. Um, so I always went off of that and I've learned over time that narratives that's painted on the site that shall not be named, um, is not always accurate. It's not always an accurate description. And they were painting it that he recasted a Chris Durand or an SSN uh, H2O V2 mask. But I've had both the Chris Durand and the H2O V2, and I'm looking at both of them saying they're nothing alike, absolutely nothing alike. So I don't know. And in talking with Gary um, in detail about some of his works, he said that he's never retooled anything. He's never, he had never sculpted anything. He bought molds or he made castings from, from things that he bought, etc. Um, great. So if he's never retooled anything, I don't know, you know, so I don't think, and I don't believe that any of his H2O masks were castings of other people's work that they were putting out. I definitely don't think it was, an SSN V2 or a Chris Durand. And the reason I say that is once again, I had both of them at the time that I had a seven mask and they looked absolutely nothing alike, nothing alike. Um, the certain structures of the mask were absolutely different. 
the lines, the cheek lines and the V-brow were absolutely different. The eyebrows were different. Uh, the shape of the ears and how it flared away from the head was different. Uh, the overall structure was completely different. Now, some people were like, well, what about him casting the, uh, the Smith's Grove or the Morningside? Nope, not possible. You know, I was, I was around Tom Smith when Tom Smith lived um, in Deland, which was about 30 minutes from me back in 2004 when he and I used to make uh, films together, hang out, drink some beers. And he was, he was doing his, um, his H2O project at the time. So I watched that entire, I saw the screen use, held it in my hands. And the seven always looked a lot like a screen used um, in certain aspects. But the head shape, again, um, Tom casted from right behind the ears forward. So the face, neck, ears, and top of the head and neckline area. He casted all that and then, you know, added the, the back half of the head. And if you look at the seven and the morning side back half of it, they look totally different. So um, it's definitely not a Smith's Grove. So I tend to believe what Gary said is that he got a casting of one of those screen use uh, origin masks and um, not origin as an H6, but an origin to the screen used mask. Um, I truly believe that he was telling the truth on that. So that mask was a huge, huge hit. Then he came out with the seven V two that looked a little different. Like the eyes were a little different shape. Uh, he haired them with a little bit, uh, different hair. He was hairing them with the crepe hair. And then, um, from that point he ended up, um, coming out with the H2O or the seven uh, screen used that he haired with human hair. And once again, the eye sockets and different things to the mask look different. Um, and then, and then at that point um, he was getting out of the game about 2010, late 2010 and the H2O screen used or seven screen used was his last hurrah. Um, so he reached out to me and he said, Hey, do you want to buy the seven master? And I said, yeah, he says, I have all of the masters here. Which one do you want? And I said, well, obviously I would want the screen used seven. He goes, well, that all that is, is the, is the V one. So I was like, okay, well, I would like the V one master because I liked, I liked the V one better than I liked his V two. The V two had a really odd shaped nose and like the details were a lot softer and you know, I just really love the angry, pissed off Jack Palance look to, um, to the V1. So, um, we agreed on that master came in. Um, but before I get ahead of myself, I did something completely different is, you know, I was at a point where this was late 2010. So the night stalker was running strong. I was full time. Uh, the deranged, the raining red, uh, you know, I had the night stalker 88 running. I had, you know, several different things running the untamed and I was making, making, uh, decent enough money to be able to stay home and, and do it full time. But, you know, I, I, I never made a, a living out of it. Um, 
it was more of, hey, these keep my bills paid and I'm able to stay home so I don't have to go work for the man uh, type stuff. Like all my materials were paid for and my bills were paid for, and but there was nothing left over for me to put in the bank. So it's not like I sat back and made a living off of it. But what I ended up doing is, is I said, all right, he wants $650 for this master. If I... If I take 10 pre-orders for the seven before I ever have the master and purchase it and I offer them at a reduced rate, I can have this master paid for before I ever have it in my hands. So that's exactly what I did is I put out uh, the first 10 copies and said, if you want to be on the, the list of the first 10, um, here you go. And so within less than a day, I had all the money saved up. I paid Gary, Gary sent it to me, and the WMP7, ver, or the H3O Productions 7V1 now became the WMP7V1. Um, and it was a hit. It, it, it took off. People loved it. Um, I felt that the master he sent me, you know, while it looked fairly close to his original sevens. Um, there were some things that were still missing that I felt like I could add. So um, then about that time, this was 2012, a lot of people were saying, are you ever going to retool the seven and put a neck extension on? So I was like, well, here's my chance to fix some of the things I don't like about the seven and I can kind of make a, um, you know, I never liked the seven V two, um, name only because Gary was still producing the seven V two. So I'm like, I can't put out a seven V two, but I can call it the seven 2.0, which is why I, I named it the 2.0 versus the V two. Um, so I put it back in clay and, um, it just was not a good retool at all. Yes, it did have in some cases some more detail, but as far as an overall sculpt goes, it went backwards. And at the time, um, I was so used to the seven V one that I, just saw more detail and more texture and a neck extension. I said, Oh, this is great. I didn't look at it close enough to, to really understand what was missing and what made the original so special. So I put out the seven V two and, um, believe it or not, nobody wanted the neck extension. So I was cutting the neck extension. I mean, I sold a couple of them, but I, but I, uh, for the most part, you know, cut the neck extension off and went back to that. So I was like, well, if that's going to be the case, why did I do a, a retool? And this actually doesn't look as good. So I decided at that point I was going to sell this, the seven, uh, 2.0 master, which I ended up selling. Um, initially I can't remember who I sold it to, but anyway, Josh Palmer from, uh, shallow grave FX ended up with it. And then um, it ended up in Ryan Convergis's hands. And I don't know who owns it now, but I see blanks pop up and people are like, hey, is, is this your seven mask? This is the seven 2.0 mask. It's it. Yes, I know it's being produced. 
It has nothing to do with the seven I'm producing now. Nothing. So uh, after I sold off the seven 2.0 master in 2015, um, I still had the the seven one silicone mother mold of the V1 and still on my shelves, but I retired it. And I did that. Now you guys are going to hear this name. You're going to say, wait a minute. I thought you guys didn't get along. Well, at this time I got along with this person, but I retired my H2O line because of Ben Fillets at father phantom studio. He had just come out with the brothers return V2 and I looked at it and I said that the mask looks great, et cetera, et cetera. I don't need to be trying to compete. I'm doing more H1, H2, H6 stuff. Why do I need to continue producing, especially at that time when I really wanted nothing to do with the, with the mask hobby um, at that time. And so I shelved it completely. And then to come out later on to find out that Ben not only recasted and stole his H2O, he's recasted and stolen pretty much everything that he produces now. And people support him and all that stuff. And that's fine. You know, I don't care. Support who you want to support. I'm not trashing Ben. So once again, much like the Nick story last week, this is a story within my story that I'm telling that just happens to, he just happens to intersect with my story and I'm not going to leave that piece of information out just because I may catch some shit from somebody and people are going to hear what they want to hear anyway. So I'm not trashing Ben. I'm at this point where I'm like, look, no matter what I say, no matter how much of a soapbox I stand on and preach about what this person has has done to very good friends of mine and the shady shit that he's done, I understand that you collectors out there for the most part don't give a fuck about that stuff and you're going to go buy from him anyway. So who am I to stand up here and try to sway you otherwise? As long as you don't come around me and try to defend him to me, I'm, I don't give a fuck. It's your money. Go spend on... Go, if, if you want to buy shady recasts, go do it. Who cares? I know he's gotten into a lot of hot water with a lot of uh, collectors from him promising them a turn time. And then two years later, people are still waiting and he won't give a refund. That part I know is true because I've witnessed it. I've watched it. Um, I don't comment on that stuff. I scroll and roll, but I do keep up on what's going on out there. So, but anyway, out of respect, I did that for Ben. And then when Ben had no respect for me and decided to trash me on the site that shall not be named and build a coalition to make himself the victim when that's exactly the way he, they, they treated him because it was me who called him out. It ended up becoming a, a, a real shit show. And I said, well, fuck it. If he's going to treat me that way and he's going to be this way, I'm going to, I'm going to resurrect the seven. Now I pulled the silicone uh, mold out at the end of 2018 
did up a clay pour because I knew I was going to have to make a new mold and master from it. So I did a new clay pour. I didn't realize that the seven silicone mold was in such poor shape that it had to be not re-sculpted, but cleaned up. And in the process, I took the 7V1 and made it better in the process to the point where I'm like, not only does it look as good as the one H3O Productions originally produced, it looks better and it looks closer to the screen used. And there's a lot of collectors out there that own them that agree with that. So um, I brought the 7V1 back and I just call it the 7. I don't uh, make reference to any Roman numerals or anything like that. I just, I, I could have called it the 7 3.0. I could have called it that, but I decided not to. Um, and I just called it the 7 because I, I really didn't change anything about it except for just making the sculpt better from a, from a detail perspective. Um, now, I think I covered most of that. Um, I want to get into some questions that were asked out there uh, by all of you. So um, give me a second. I'm pulling this up. All right. So Hannah Santiago, who has a copy of, of the seven, and it's one of her favorite in the entire franchise, much like the six is mine. She wants to know, is this one of the easier or harder ones to create? Uh, also, as far as favorites, where does this rank for you? By the way, this is the best H7 mask I've ever seen made. Uh, first of all, Hannah, thank you uh, for the compliment. Thank you for the question. Now the answer. Um, much like the eight, it is very, very detailed. There's a lot of different browns and grays and blacks and different things mixed in to create this illusion of depth, uh, which the, the sculpt already has a lot of depth to it. But to create a natural um, shading and depth, there's a lot of steps you got to go through. So, yes, it is definitely one of the harder ones. And I say harder ones, not like I'm just dreading every time I do one. I love it. I love working with more detailed um, paint paint schemes because it's it's different you know and you're you're pushing yourself all the time but it's not harder in a sense that you know you have this undertaking to go through but there's a lot more steps involved and it's a lot it's a lot more time consuming and you also the hardest part is, you got to hit all the nuances to make it the H2O mask. And that that's the hardest part. And every time I do one, and if I happen to set the bar a little further up, well, the next one I do is got to match that one. So it seems like I keep creating myself more steps and more work as I go um, because I'm chasing and trying to get um, that look that everybody wants and expects um, and where does it rank for me um, as far as the masks in the series I mean obviously H1 H2 is tied for number one then it goes H6 then it goes H8 
and then it goes H2O. Now, can the H8 and H2O be interchangeable for me? Absolutely it can, and, and it has before. So H8 and H2O are kind of like the H1, H2 mask for me is they're like my third uh, favorites, 3A, 3B, or even 3 and 4 some days or some weeks or at different times. Uh, but I I love both of those masks. I love the H2O mask, but it's definitely in the top three or four for me. Um, and just obviously the, the original mask in the first two movies are just going to be untouchable for me. Um, Andrew Peters wants to know how many incarnations of the H2O mask has WMP made? It's a great question. Um, technically this would technically be my third because you had the, the master that came directly from Gary Monger, like I said, for, to produce the seven V one. Then I did the 7 2.0 and then I resurrected the sculpt because the silicone mold was in such bad shape that there was a lot of cleanup that had to happen to just get the, the H2O7 mask back into production. So technically this would be three, but I really don't, I really don't, and this is just a me thing. Everybody's like, well, this is your third, third mask. It's not the exact identical version of the original seven it's a little different yes it's a little different like i said the sculpt had to be cleaned back up because the silicone mold was in such bad shape um, the silicone was dried out um, i basically had one shot to get it right and whatever i got out of that silicone mold i knew i was going to have to either re-sculpt or sculpt back in or clean up um uh, you know so it was it was one of those things where I have one shot. If I don't get this right, I'm kind of fucked. And while I wasn't fucked, I wasn't in the best situation because I had to do so much cleanup. Um, so that's why I consider it a third version. But to me, I just look at it as a, a more enhanced version of the 7B1. So technically three, but in my mind two. Um, hope that makes sense. I know I'm probably confusing you. Um, Jesse Hillgardner um, says, can we get a brief rundown of the history of the seven? I'm pretty sure that would answer any questions I have about the mask. Just did. Thank you, Jesse. Appreciate the, the, the question. Michael Bitterman asks, uh, does the mask or any others have a special importance to you personally? If so, why I'm looking for more stories like the Mofuga and its Genesis. Um, I kind of covered that throughout. First of all, thanks, Michael. Uh, goddamn pal. Uh, but thanks for the question. You know, I think just because of how the story of how Gary, Gary Monger and I met and he was the original producer of the mask, um, just how we intersected before masks ever became a thing and talking about my little film company and how I was paid. I think that kind of covered that. Um, while it's not a direct, you know, story that affected the seven mask, the, the creator of the seven mask, Gary Monger, it did intersect. And then eventually I think, you know, the story I told about how I, how I took a, um, the first 10 got a discount 
you pay in full. It basically paid for the master I was going to buy. Um, made that a success. So I think that I think all that is probably the backstory you were looking for. Yeah, definitely different than the Mofaga, but let's be honest. Stories like that don't happen every single day, so everything has its own story. So I do appreciate the question, and I hope that I hope that will suffice. Um, Hunter Hood says, "Didn't this match originally come from H3O Productions? How did you end up with it again?" Just answered that. Uh, Hunter also asked, "What are all the differences in all the versions of the Seven WMP has offered? What is your favorite thing about the Seven? Um, is the seven connected to the screen use mask in any way, or is it a ground up sculpt? Um, you heard me just tell the story, what Gary told me and me studying. And for any of you that know me, know that when I study something, um, I have an eye that will not let me down when it comes to, when I really look at something and compare it, um, I can usually pretty much tell right off the bat what's what. I never got the indi indication that the seven uh, was casted from any other artist mold. Um, otherwise, it would have stood out like a sore thumb to me. Uh, the texture on the seven mask has always been a very smooth mask, whereas like the SSN V2 and the Duran was very rough and bumpy. Um, so it couldn't have come from that. Um, that's number one. Number two ear shapes are different, eye sockets are different, nose is different, eyebrows are different, shape of the head's different, um, all that stuff's different, jaw integrity is different. So um, I truly believe that what Gary told me is this came from a casting of one of the screen use masks that, were, that was used. Uh, whether that's true or not, I don't know, only Gary knows that. I'm going off of what the hobby said back at the time before they turned on Gary. And I'm going off of what Gary told me, who was the original producer of the mask. Um, my favorite thing about the seven, um, I think it's because, you know, my favorite thing about it is when I look at it completed and it's done right, there's so many looks from the movie that it pulls off for me personally. Now I'm going to say something that is going to be very opinionated and it's probably the people that are going to disagree with me. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that this is my opinion. And there's things, you know, I've seen a lot of H2O masks out there and, you know, just because I don't like the guy personally, I thought that the, uh, that the paint job hair work and all that of the brothers return V2 looked very, very, very good. But there was a lot about it when I look at it and said, that doesn't look like it, the H2O mask to me, like the shape of the eyes and different things. It just doesn't look the same. So none of those masks, um, replica masks, SSN included, and I know that they were supposedly casted from a direct screen use mold or whatever the case is, but none of them, and it could be the paint job, but I've seen some of them refinished even by me and I'm going it just doesn't look the same to me. And whenever I look at the seven, which is one of the reasons why I hold the seven V one that Gary produced in such high regard, is it always looked like 
the screen used mask. And the one I produce now, um, which is a slight derivative of Gary's version, just because I had to enhance it, um, looks like, especially when, you know, you're looking at it, you know, um, looking at it face on, and if you get a slight low angle to it or whatever, there's so many looks when he's coming through the school that it just looks like the mask. So there's so many looks that the seven pulls off. And to be honest, like with respect to uh, the person who asked the question, Hunter Hood, your pictures, even your, especially your costume pictures, even help uh, solidify what I already felt about that mask. But you took the hairstyling, you took the, uh, the photographs that really put that thing into the next stratosphere to make that thing even look more accurate to something I already felt was very accurate to the film. So I think overall, just the, the, uh, the uncanny look that it, that it has that represents the best look to the film for me is what I like best about it. And, you know, what I like best about this version that is out currently and will always be out now is I think it even looks closer to the film than the original seven V one. So, um, what are all the differences in the versions that the sevens WMP has offered that hunters asking? Um, well, this, you know, I really, I, when I, when I made the 2.0, um, tried to restructure the eyes a little bit, didn't work. Tried to restructure the cheekbones a little bit, didn't work. Uh, the V brows different. The eyebrows are different. Um, the carved L's on the side of the head, I guess that's supposed to represent the glue marks or whatever that they were trying to do. I don't know what Stan Winston studios was trying to do with that, but they're there, but they were a little bit, uh, faded on the, uh, on the V one, uh, seven from H3O productions. So I put those back in and obviously the 2.0 had the neck extension that nobody wanted. And, uh, so I, in this current incarnation, the re-release of the V one, that I had to clean up and enhance. Um, what's different about that is I didn't change anything. That's the big, that's, that's the reason I can't accept it as a new product altogether. And it's, to me, it's just an enhancement reshape type thing because I took what was already there in the V one seven and I just enhanced it. Like I enhanced the V brow. Uh, I enhanced the already um already sculpted in uh eyebrows i enhanced the cheekbones added to those made those pop out more recessed the eyes a little bit improved the the structure across the bridge of the nose by pushing that and recessing that back into the sculpt um you know getting a more ma uh, definition around the mouth like you see in the screen use mask that was already there in the seven but again was faded a little bit so those are the primary differences between the three but you know and everybody's going to have their own opinion and that's fine but just talking about these three different incarnations 
this to me, like the, the current version looks exactly the way I think that the original seven V one was meant to look, but there was things that was preventing it from getting there. But I love this version. So it, it, it checks all the boxes for me as an H two O. Uh, B man, Jim asks, uh, which by the way, thank you Hunter for asking the questions. B man, Jim asks, I have to go look when, uh, do you have to go look when finishing an H two O specific scene in the movie that you may reference? Um, short answer is yes. Um, but really what I, what I do when I get, uh, contracted to, um, finish one is I ask the customer, you know, um, don't ask me to reference another artist's work because you're asking me to replicate a replica. And I've covered that on the JTK episode. You should always reference the original work and never a replica to get as close to the screen as otherwise you, you become a carbon copy of a replica, which has earned me a, a reputation in the past because I used to do that for the customers. If a customer liked a certain artist's work and they brought me a artist picture, I would try to replicate that picture, which is why I think if, why I'm so harsh on my older work is because I, I look at that and say, that wasn't me. That was me trying to be somebody else per the customer request, you know, from about 2018 until present day, you're seeing more of what, what I want to represent. And I'm trying to represent original works from the movie, you know, scenes from the movie. So I always typically ask anybody that's ever dealt with me, that's listening to this, I've always put it out to you, the customer and said, Hey, what scene from the film is your favorite that makes you like this mask? Once I have that, then I just go to that scene and I try to look at different things. And then I try to pick your brain to see what you're thinking, because I may see the mask in a certain color scheme. You may have a different opinion on it. So to try and match what's in your head, I'm never going to do that. So what I try to pick out is what parts of these masks in this scene that do you like? Is it the way the, the, the V brow is, is shaded? Okay. In your mind, what color do you see of that shade? You know, and I do that. And then I try to replicate what you're already seeing with my artist interpretation of what I see in that scene. So I'm always trying to replicate um, the actual mask from the film. Um, I hope I'm able to do that. Um, so far, so good, though. You know, um, haven't had any complaints. So that's a good thing. All right. So let's go ahead. Uh, Matthew Reed submitted a lot of private um, questions, and I'm going to pull that up right now. So Matthew Reed asks, how many versions of the seven have there been throughout the years? And I just answered that 
technically three, but I count them as two. Um, was there a particular run that you favored? Yes, the current one. Uh, if any, what major changes have you done to improve the sculpt throughout the years? I just answered that. Uh, were there ever any changes that you regretted making during the retooling process that caused you to start again from the original source? Yeah, everything about the 2.0. <laughs> I was not a fan of that of that version at all. And again, I mean no disrespect to those that own copies of that 2.0. If you like it, great. But just looking at what I changed about it, I'm like, that didn't need to be done. Like I created myself more problems where and created more work where it didn't need it. So yeah. Everything about the 2.0. Um has there been any particular copy that you favored? That's a great question. Um, to be honest, every copy that I have finished on the current uh, version, I've liked. So I think anything that's been out of the run of what's been happening over the last year and a half Every copy that's come out, um, I've favored. So if you're talking about um, older versions, I would say probably the proto of the V1 that I did stands out just because it was the first one I did. It was exciting. Um, I know B-Man Jim um, uh, either has it or had it for, for a period of time. I don't know if he still does or not. Um, I'll have to ask him and ask him to post a picture of it. But that one I definitely favored uh, for, for a very long time. Um, I, I could never recreate it. And people had asked me to try, but I never could. Um, Matt Reed also asks, I know some past versions had the neck extension. How do you feel about it? Personally, I've never been a fan of how the extension looks on display. Yeah, I don't like it either, which is why when I decided to bring the 7 back, I said I am not putting a, a neck extension on. First and foremost, you've got to pour the neck extension or at least a part of it, even if the customer asks for no neck extension. And I'd say... 98% of the people that ordered the 2.0 didn't want the neck extension. It was only a couple of people that wanted it. So I was wasting latex when I didn't have to. And so I said, if I'm going to do um, another seven, eventually I am not putting a, a neck extension back on. So I, I don't like it. Um, I know that there's a lot of people that, favored that because of certain scenes in the film where he had the neck extension, but there were some scenes where he didn't personally. I, I like the way the mask sits on uh, my head and face and all that without the neck extension. So I am a big fan of not having a, a neck extension on my H2O mask. And like you, I do not like the way it looks sitting on display. I think it looks just cartoonish. It looks weird. And I don't give a shit if some of some of the copies in the film had it or not. No neck extension for me. Matt also says the current version, in my opinion, is perfect. But knowing how an artist mind can nitpick, 
the smallest detail. Do you ever see yourself putting it in clay again in the foreseeable future? Absolutely not. Um, I've done several copies since the re-release and every single one of them I look at and say, I don't know what I would ever improve on it. So, uh, what's the most difficult part of finishing a seven, um, doing enough while not doing too much, if that makes sense. And you as an artist, you'll get what I'm saying there. Getting the right depth, getting the right shading is, and not doing too much of it while doing enough is, is the hardest part. Um, he asks, I know you love finishing H6s. Obviously, you enjoy doing the 7, but how does the fun factor rank into comparison? It's a lot of fun. I, I enjoy it. Um, I know there's a lot of H2O fans out there, um, fans of the mask, and I'm, I'm surprised it's not more sought after than it is, but I absolutely love it. I love doing them. I love getting the opportunity to, to finish them whenever the opportunity presents itself. Um, well, I just sort of answered this, but he said, uh, excluding the H6 is the seven, um, the more popular re requested sequel mask that you offer or would an H2 or Mofaga take that crown. Definitely an H2 would take that crown. Um, it, it's not as sought after as one might think. And again, that surprises me. I'm going to take to Instagram. Thanks to Hannah Santiago at horror princess 96. If you're not following her, you should. Um, she, she had some really cool, um, you know, she took to her Instagram and put out to try to get some more, uh, questions and different things for her favorite sequel mask out there. And, um, so I'm just going to go in, in order here. Uh, Jonas is horror 87 says, yes, beautiful mask with a bunch of emojis. Thank you, Jonas. Uh, red October 1031. Is there a way an artist could do a 78 Myers hairstyle for the mask? If someone wanted to buy it with some modifications to it? Sure. Yeah. That's a, that's a custom job. Um, I'm pretty open to interpretation. Just, Never ask me to copy another artist's work ever again because it won't happen. Um, going to her other part here. Nightmare on Halloween asks, um, Hi, I have two questions. What kind of hair is used for the mask? I heard some are real human hair. Also, what are the price ranges for these masks? Thank you. Nightmare on Halloween. Um, the hair used, the hair used is not what people think. Uh, the human hair part, because again, you got to understand, I've seen a screen used mask uh, at Tom Smith's house when he was making his, his um, casting of it. So I have more of an inside knowledge of what they used and it was simply, it was a, um, it was like a Sasquatch hair, but it was a fur hair with the, with the backing on the back. It was, it was a synthetic, um, that looked and appeared like a long Sasquatch, I guess you could say long brown human hair, but it wasn't the human hair that a lot of the replicas have that you see out there. Now 
I will say, and again, once again, even though I don't like the guy personally, I will, I will put him over and say that I think that as far as human hair work goes, I think Ben Fillet does some of the best human hair work on the H2O mask that I've seen. But that being said, that's few and far between. I don't like, I don't like the human hair because it lays too flat and, um, the artists, myself included, always are going to take more time and care um, than when it comes to you in a plastic bag. And now you've got to restyle it. You're never going to restyle it the way that the artist originally had it styled for the pictures. Um, so I don't like the human hair for that. Um, for that respect, as it lays too flat. And to me, it's too shiny, too straight. It doesn't have enough body to it. Um, that's my personal opinion. Plus, that's not what was used on the original mask. Uh, SSN used to use crepe hair. Did not like that at all. But what was used on um, a screen-used mask was more of a fur-based... Uh, like I said, I like to call it Sasquatch hair. I know Sasquatch is a myth. I get that. So I'm not trying to be funny or evasive answering that. But if... Like when I watch, put it this way, when I watch the movie Harry and the Hendersons and I see the Bigfoot, the Sasquatch, that's the type of hair that, um, that the H2O mask looks like to me, but it was a definitely one with a fur backing. Now one might say, well, can I just go out and buy a uh, fake fur and put it on there? No, because the fake fur that's used today sucks. You would need a vintage fake fur from like the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, much like with the H6 hair, to, to make that work. Um, so, no. Um, but it was a form of a, of a fur hair because I know because I saw the fur backing on the, um, on the screen use mask. And it was an unaltered mask until Tom casted it. So, Demarcus Thomas 17 says, cool with with a smiley face. Okay. Um, Ash versus evil dead cosplayer pro asks two biggest questions that come to mind is the waiting time and the price. Um, obviously it depends on which artist you go to. I'm assuming that you mean me. So, um, waiting time with me always varies. I try not to pigeonhole myself into a, time frame because this isn't my job this isn't my career this is not what i do full-time or even part-time it's a hobby for me um so that always that always varies but i can tell you that you don't pay up front for something i can't guarantee a turn time on you're coming to me because you understand that i only do this as a hobby and you want to you absolutely want to get a mask for me and you're prepared to wait um I'm not saying it's going to be five years like some people out there, <clears throat> but, um, you know, five, six months, roughly, maybe a little less, maybe a little longer. It just depends on what I got going on, uh, with my full-time career and what I got going on as a, as a father. So as far as price goes, I don't discuss price publicly. It's always through DM. So shoot me a DM if you're interested. Um, that pretty much does it for the questions. Um, if I missed anything, 
let me know. I'd be more than happy to cover it on the next podcast that we do. Uh, but uh, that's going to do it for this one. I appreciate all the questions asked. I appreciate the time I was able to spend on this. I mean, we got an hour episode out of it. That's fantastic. Um, and I'm looking forward to the next time that we all get together on Halloween Unleashed. But that's going to do it for Halloween Unleashed. We thank each and every single one of you for downloading, liking, and subscribing. Uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Be safe out there. You know, mask up and wash your hands. Thanks for listening to Halloween Unleashed. Be sure to follow us at anchor.fm forward slash Halloween Unleashed and on our official Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Halloween Unleashed. Be sure to share our episodes on social media and we'll be back next week with an all new episode.